0: hey everybody welcome to another episode of the 1024 podcast the three of us are back again sorry for missing last week boys i was on the road all day and uh, y'all had to just record without me feels kind of selfish. Well, look, the answer. rambling
1: cowboy that you are, you're back. It's all right. We <laughs> understand.
0: Back. Reverend John, Wait, you can't, on
2: the road again. You can't leave us hanging. Where'd you go? What
0: were you doing? I had to go down to the, the the other side of Atlanta. So the other side, I guess the southwest side of Atlanta. And uh, wow. do a homeschool group for an animal program. So it was supposed to be three hours. It was four hours there due to traffic and weather. Did the program. Mm.
2: So you it were here. Full- you were you're in Georgia.
0: Yeah, I was. But then I had four and a half hours on the way back uh Ooh. so eight and a half hours in the car and all i did was end up back at my house and it felt kind of nice. sad <laughs> it's
2: sad huh yikes
0: dude uh-uh, yeah.
1: uh-uh. i hate driving but, man i i hate it i
0: hate it mm. hate it no i made some money though so it was good you know nothing nothing bad happened out of that you know it was a good time uh, i got to see some family while i was down there um mm-hmm. i like driving i like driving so it's not too bad um uh, but, Drew, you already you already made the joke that I was going to make. You know, you call me Reverend John Irwin on this podcast, which is a fallacy. But Steve Irwin, I'm wearing my No Stingray shirt in support of Steve Irwin. No Stingray. There you go. He's there still got go. hitters out here. we still fighting.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 Shoot. I hear you.
0: Gentlemen, Dude, I let's ha- get the ball. You hate what?
1: No, I was just going to say I I hate driving, man. Like, ever since I've had to start driving down to, like, Florida, whenever when we take vacations now just because, yeah. you know, the family's – too much and we we take too much luggage now so i end up having to drive and it's awful man i i cannot s- stand s- sitting in the car
0: bro does somebody ride with you
1: yeah i mean Haley and uh usually uh Haley's best friend will go on the, luggage.
0: Our, um, the luggage
1: yeah they put yeah, him in a separate yeah, the car luggage. he takes all the luggage they, you know, they <laughs> yeah i do i'm basically the bellboy now is all i am uh no it's and then sister. uh Haley's best friend will uh haley and her best friend will ride with me i mean it's it's fine it's good to have company but i just i can't stand driving for that long it's it's just mind numbing like there's nothing to Bro, do
0: whenever sarah kate and i take trips it's it's not always but it's usually me um my good friend kyler his wife and then sarah kate and so either kyler or i'll drive and the girls will just be asleep in the back seat and so kyler and i'll just have like good conversation and we'll get there and be like why are you guys, like, so tired of, like, talking? Why don't you guys want to do anything? I was like, because y'all slept for eight hours. I was like, yeah, we yeah.
2: <laughs> are drained. <Yeah. laughs> we used to go. I just-
0: yeah.
2: I want to say, back in our younger years, uh, me and Brittany, we used to go to our mom's house, and she lives in Boca, so it's, like, ten and a half hours oh, away. Oh, gosh, gotcha. yeah. When I worked a normal job, anytime we had, like, a holiday or any three-day weekend, we would go down there. Ten yep. and a half hours down. It's been yep. one day, ten and a half Two, hours ten back. And a half hours, yep. Yeah, and we used well, to that do was, that. It used to be no problem. Now, I would probably die. Especially that was me with, like to kids. with I
0: World, dude. Yeah.
1: You drive, like, how long is your drive to Oklahoma, though? Because you had to go. You've been up there a couple times now this year.
2: Uh, I was 14. 14, well, really, like, 16 hours because we had to stop with the kids. But usually it's about ugh. 14. I drove I'm the whole so, way.
0: Ugh. I still will never yeah. forgive <laughs> Drew. Sophomore year of college, dude. Spring break, we're going down to, to my family's house in in Merritt Island, Florida, right, Indian yep. River, Cocoa Beach area. We can't nice. take Drew's truck because he had the old old classic Ranger, two door Ranger with the suicide seats in the back, so we couldn't oh, yes, all the three of us going, We couldn't all fit in that. We couldn't take my buddy's truck because it was in the shop, so that meant we took my car, which normally would be fine, except my car was a stick shift SUV and nobody else could drive it. So ten hours nope. down. Ten hours back, all the driving oh, for wow. seven days down there. was just me. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah, way. But, no,
1: but listen to this. We didn't do it smartly. It wasn't necessarily ten hours down, like, organically. It was ten hours down because we decided it would be a great idea to leave on a Friday at, like, 4.30. Um, so we probably sat in traffic uh, over Atlanta for, like, I don't know, a and while. And I have
0: to. Yeah. It yeah. Was, and it was we get down –
1: yeah, we got down to your aunt at like midnight or something like that, like something stupid. Yeah. And of course, it's like we're we're a bunch of dudes in pilot of uh, in his SUV with you know with just fishing equipment or whatever. And I guess we just kind of looked like we were out of place or whatever. So we got stopped in a Georgia uh, tag
0: at two p two a.m. in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, so we got pulled over,
1: and uh this cop comes up there shining their lights or whatever in the, in the car, like blinding us at 2 a.m. Nobody's really happy about the situation. She makes <laughs> us all give our license or whatever. So, I mean, I, she probably thought we were drinking, but you know. It's, yeah, it's, I was just, I was, was pretty snippy scenario. with her.
0: She she yeah. was like, "Where are y'all headed?" I was like, "To my family's house to go to sleep." <laughs> she was like, "What are y'all doing down here?" And I was like, we're going fishing. And she said, all this stuff is in the back is for fishing. And I said, yes, ma'am. All that fishing equipment is for fishing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Man.
0: We were idiots. We were asking for it. <laughs> she wasn't happy, but I wasn't happy either. I was tired. I was tired. And I
1: got stud poisoning that trip, too. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> you did good. get some poisoning. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> so, Rusty, is, is
0: Oklahoma the longest continuous drive you've ever made just straight to Oklahoma? Like, I mean, obviously, you yeah, have stops for gas and stuff, but.
2: Yeah, it probably was. Uh, I don't think I've been further than that. I I went to, like, Texas one time, but we flew, so it was, you know, two hours. So, yeah. What about you? What's the longest you've ever done? I mean,
0: probably probably Clearwater, Florida. It's probably pushing 11. I mean, depending on traffic and stops. Listen, I love my family dearly. Love them so dearly. Yeah. But my mom and sister are a stop every hour and a half kind of kinda of uh, nah. uh. so it'll be it'll be it'll it should be eight to nine hours to get from Gainesville, Georgia to Titusville, Florida. All right. Should yeah. be eight to nine. It took us twelve every single time as kids. Mm. And oh, it drove me oh, up a uh-uh. wall.
2: Uh.
0: I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. just get there.
2: Brittany has but, an uncle, he says we uh we we're not stopping so Go to the restroom now, and then he will not stop. He doesn't care. Yeah. He will drive the whole way through. And that's I try perfect. to be like that, but it, it don't work out. Listen, we, we stop at listen, every rest stop. Going, going with my
0: parents from their house in Gainesville to Pigeon Forge, it's three hours, right? Nobody should yeah. stop for three hours. Nope, we're stopping at the halfway point. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but every time. Because
1: <laughs> it's halfway.
0: <laughs> stop at the halfway yeah. point. It's that's the, that's the how same how stupid gas station. It's so irritating. Yeah.
1: Luke's That's the good. worst in my family. Luke, my my little brother, uh, he is that way. Like uh, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of like, y'all, I'm just, you know, especially if I'm driving, let's just get there. I'm tired of it. Let's go. Um, yeah. But Drew Luke is to drive Luke. tired of it. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, Luke. Yeah, Luke is the Luke is the worst though. He's he's like. You know, we got to stop, you know, we got to eat, we got to find something to eat, eat, we got to eat. He's got to eat every like three hours. It's awful. (laughs) And he's
2: probably, he probably brings snacks and he's eating the whole way. Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's in that stage of, you know, how, you know, he's like skinny as a rail, but, you know, his metabolism still allows him to eat like everything. So, you know, he's still in that, you know, that teenage stage right there. Yeah, me too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've blown it up to like two fifteen, dude. Like when I when we got out of Ricky school, it was, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I had like
2: four chins. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Well, you eat full size candy bars all day and stuff. A stash. Well, he has a stash he, in his locker. You keep. A I don't I eat anymore. Bars.
1: I don't anymore. I used to. Okay, I don't anymore. I, I used yeah. to have
2: well, I still do
1: have a real problem, but I just like sweets, bro. You know? Ain't
0: nothing it's nothing wrong it's, with liking sweets. It's moderation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Look, fat and happy, that's what they say. Fat, and, fat happy. and happy.
2: Well, you're not allowed to have sweets as a kid. Is that what it is? <laughs> you're making up for lost time? No. No,
1: yes, yes. So my mother's probably gonna kill me for saying this. Um so, wait, does Christy listen I, to the pod? I, <laughs> uh sometimes, yeah, she does. Okay, um, go, Christy. <laughs> um so shout out mama uh but when she hears this if i don't show up next week it's because she's killed me um uh, hey so that's why you know to find my body uh but when we were younger so my mom didn't allow us to eat or eat or have sweets or um drink soda at all um unless it was like a really like uh you know special occasion like sometimes on sundays when we go to my grandmother's to eat she would allow us to have like a coke or a or something but just as a rule we weren't allowed to just like you know pound cokes all day um but my father has always like for the longest time for as long as i remember wakes up with like a dr pepper in the morning like this is just like his coffee um so <laughs> yeah. my dad has, yeah so my dad has uh, like a stash has always had a stash um and so i used to being the sneaky little booger that i was uh i used to go and sneak dr peppers um to drink them because you know i just like dr pepper when i was younger um but i wasn't really smart about um disposing the evidence uh because yeah. i i knew i knew in my little mind that uh i couldn't put them in the trash can because um, my mother would find you know the evidence of it so i had this little hope chest um uh that i used to just like stuff like dozens of Dr. Pepper cans in because I didn't want to throw them <laughs> away. And so my mom had found them like a couple times the cycle had gone. Like I would, you know, do it for a little while. My mom would find it slap full. She'd yell at me. I'd get grounded. Um, and then, you know, the cycle would continue like two or three times. Um, but finally, I guess yeah. my mom had had enough when she found it the last time. And uh, so she took literally my whole room away from me. She took my, she took, took all the room away. From- Yes. She took all the furniture out of my room. Like I'm kid, like, I don't get like literally it looked as if nobody had lived there. Like she stuck it in that, you know, the big part. Well, we have a big downstairs part. John knows what I'm talking about. We have like a living area downstairs. Um, we had a finished basement when I was growing up. Um, So she put it all all in there and she made me sleep in my brother's room for like two weeks on the floor. And she used to like make, and she made me earn back yeah. every single piece of my furniture my mattress my bed my bed frame Man. like all of this stuff yeah and, but needless it worked though because needless to say i didn't <laughs> do it again
2: no but it I did, didn't I
1: was, work I had
2: mama gaddis if you're listening it didn't work gaddis is a sugar fiend now all right the take, take away his house okay. christy go in uh, there and take I away I his house away now. <laughs> but I throw it away now. <laughs> throws it away.
0: Oh, <laughs> I, my disposed my,
1: I disposed my cans. I'm not a slob. so <laughs> It Man. didn't work. It didn't work. No more stats. That's there awesome my – yeah.
2: My, look, my mom awesome. didn't play around. She didn't play is around. She a, is she a health freak or something? She, like, she likes to be healthy? My mom – oh, yeah,
1: yeah. My mom uh, is a workout, like, fiend. Like, she do, she runs as her, like, um, like just to get her way, like, as her – yeah. You know, like, chill-out time, that's what she's always done, as long as I can remember. Um, Bro, she growing just...
2: up,
0: Drew lived, like, 15, 20 minutes away from – and not, like, the 15 minutes where it's like, oh, yeah, he's down the road 15. It be, like, a legitimate, like, in the car, like, on major roads 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. And there would be times that I'd be, like, driving outside of my neighborhood or, like, riding in the car, and I would see his mom running because she had run from their neighborhood to downtown Gainesville oh, yeah. to run wow. around and then run back. Oh, yeah. And I was <coughs> oh, like – That's where my – yeah. <laughs>
1: that's where my brother gets it from my brother now runs track um at the college he goes to um so you know that's where he got it from but my mom like i said my mom it's not you know it's especially when i was younger it wasn't any you know like weird thing for her to be out like two or three hours just running or walking like because she'll just walk like she
2: power walks and she'll walk for who knows how long you know what i'm saying like that so just, now i'm she curious i'm music. curious how did you guys meet? I thought you guys were neighbors or something. So if you live 15 minutes away, how'd y'all meet? Because Drew, you were homeschooled for a long time, right? Yeah. And so, so was, it was I. John. Yeah. That's how so we met I.
1: because we were in the same homeschool group. Um, we used yeah. to do uh, what's called Science Club. I, I'm science pretty sure that's club like way. how we officially met, yeah, right? That church, cause
0: we, we were church. Yeah. We, we made the move to Lakewood when we started Science Club, and it was kind of just like a culmination of that. So every Wednesday, we'd show up at the church at like one and do a big like three or four hour co-op with all these other homeschooled kids. And then that would just bleed right into like Wednesday night, like church activities and stuff.
2: Okay, I see they were socializing, you guys.
0: Yeah, making it making yes. it so that we weren't those weirdos. Yes, they were. But then, yes, yeah. We both went to like traditional schools for middle school and high school. Like it wasn't like we were those creeps mm-hmm. who were homeschooled all the way through graduation. Yeah.
2: yeah. So did you, did you play sports like like Drew did?
0: Yeah, I played. I played basketball primarily. I never got. I played one year of baseball, um, and. Couldn't hit the ball, but I was really good at, at defense, like fielding. Um, yeah, and so I just quickly decided that, like, the politics of city league baseball. My dad wasn't cool enough to be like one of the coaches and like get me on the good ah. teams. So I was like, I'm, I'm like Drew's
2: dad. Hmm?
0: No, yeah. <laughs> Drew. Drew's I'm dad, dad was just something here. Andy. Andy had it going on. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Andy, Andy. knows. Andy knows how to schmooze people. Andy. Like, That's right. Andy knows. Andy's a schmoozer.
2: Does Andy no, got a cool mustache? Played. Like Drew?
1: No, Andy doesn't. Andy used to have a cool mustache when he was probably my age. Uh Andy had really? a mustache all like when I was born, he he has mustache pictures. No, he has like a little scruffle beard now. He's getting uh okay. his uh his old man's going through now. Like he's got a little brain beard <laughs> now that I won't ever let him live down.
2: <laughs> old man Gaddis. That's cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, we've just been it's been friends ever since. We probably got, like, really, really close, probably, like, in middle school, I would say, and then we yeah, stayed like, close like, ever since. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. Cool. Especially, yeah, there would be times when, like, because we went to different schools, like, there would be, like, like sixth and seventh grade, like, the school year, we wouldn't be close, but then, like, during the summer, we'd do so many church events together, it'd be like, oh, we get really close again for the summer, and then, like, from, like, seventh grade summer on, like, we've just been pretty much inseparable. Yep. That's just yeah, been us. Yep. Nice. What about you, yes, Rusty? We, we know we know Drew's most creative punishment he ever received. What's your most creative punishment your parents <laughs> gave you? Man,
2: I'm, tr- I'm trying to think here. Um, I got in so much trouble. It's hard to pinpoint. Dude, I was a bad too. kid. so I was,
0: it, I was always into something.
2: I, you know what? I think I, this is something that kind of sticks in my mind because now as a, a parent, I think this is genius. But I got kicked off the bus uh, one time. <laughs> I think it was like middle school. and uh, oh, yeah. It was because I was acting rowdy and jumping around. And so my stepdad, uh, he said, oh, you don't know how to sit on the bus. He's like, well, I guess I should teach you. And so he put a chair up against the wall and he's like, have a seat. And I sat there all day, like all day. Like they went through, I watched my family go through their normal activities, watching TV, doing dishes, eating lunch. And I'm just sitting there. I could never get up. I had to sit there all day. And he's like, yeah, I think you figured it out, man. So in a week when you're allowed to ride the bus again, maybe you should do what you just did all day. So... That really stuck in my mind. That's awesome. <laughs> I know how to sit down That's now. I'm still a little, you know, I still move I like a little, it. but so I'm planted. Yeah. yeah. You, okay. you have a how good story, John?
0: Dude, I got caught lying one time, and it was one of those things where like, I knew I got busted. I was like seven or eight probably, and so I just kept lying and, like, digging the hole deeper. And My dad, like, he was like, we know you lied. He was like, you know the problem with lying? He was like, you tell more lies on top of it, and you just dig yourself down deeper and deeper and deeper. And I was like, yeah. He was like, come with me. So he we went outside and he handed me a shovel. <laughs> and he gave wow. me a stack of bricks. And he says, you got to dig a hole deep enough to, to fit all these bricks. Mm, so no. it was like pitch black outside. Like it wasn't cold. Like the weather wasn't bad. But like it sucked. Dude. I was just outside digging a hole to fit these bricks. And then <laughs> when I finally got it. and All these bricks fit in. He was like, all right, good. And he made me take them all out. And fill the whole back
2: in. No. no way. That's terrible. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wow. That's like dang. <laughs> fill it up. Yeah, that's good. The party punishments
1: us- are definitely the best now. Like at, uh, now looking hey. back, like that's that's the that's what I aspire to be. I don't yeah, aspire, anybody- you know, Lord blesses me with kids, I aspire to have my like dad, dad joke game like on point. Like my I want yeah. my whole existence to be to embarrass my kids. Like, that's what I, that's what I aspire to. Like, as my dad is now, because he's really good at it. So as my dad is now, that's what I aspire to be. I've actually surprised
2: myself of how, how out there I can go when my, my kids' friends come over, you know, I'll I'll start dancing, just, I mean, just doing stuff that just completely embarrassing. I'm surprised of how much willpower I have to just do some of the stuff I do. It's fun. That's what you got to do, you know. Keep yeah, it, and keep I'm sure with fun. Rylan, I,
1: for some reason the the little girls get embarrassed the most. I'm, I, don't, I don't really she know does. why, but I'm sure I'm sure that that's that's good fun right there.
2: <laughs> She's like, Dad, stop! I mean, I do all kinds of stuff. So that's I bring awesome. out the guitar <laughs> and I write songs for them, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they awesome. don't like it.
1: Yeah,
0: that's awesome. I love it, dude. dude so that's awesome. Did y'all ever? We were talking about sports earlier. Did y'all's parents ever like like? I don't know. Drew, maybe your dad did because he coached a little bit. But like, I can just remember I was in fifth grade, right? And I was on this basketball team. And I wasn't very good. But, like the team was really good. And so we went into halftime losing. And like I had had like three fouls or something and I was ticked. And so the, the buzzer for the end of the second quarter went off. And like I had the ball in my hands and I spiked it in the middle of the court. The like, guys were trying to – as we were getting ready to walk to the locker room. And my mom comes out of the stands and like grabs me by the ear. It was basically like telling my coach, like I'm not gonna play the second half of the game because of my behavior. <laughs> it
2: was, oh, yeah. Wow. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah.
1: My That's dad awesome. used, to, I mean, my dad always coached. So baseball was my sport growing up. That's just kind of, kind of what I did. I played baseball all the time. Um, and my dad, like when I was young, young like little, little league, like kid, like just starting to kid pitch. Um, but my dad coached uh, city ball uh, every year that we used to play. Um, and my dad. Uh, I get my animation, I guess, from my dad. My dad's a very animated person, <laughs> uh, which is not a bad thing. Uh, it's just like it, with anything he does, he's animated, and so am I now. Um, like you know, hands going, whatever. So like, my dad used to, especially when he, you know, in again, my dad's very competitive. And so that's where all of us kids get our competitiveness from I'm a very competitive person as well. Um, and so my dad doesn't, you know, obviously doesn't like to lose and, you know, he, he instilled that in us, you know, hard work and, you know, all that. But, um, you know, I, I, I pitched many a tantrum, I'm sure when, you know, <laughs> when I was younger, and my dad had no problem just wearing me out right there. Like, you know just verbally you know whatever just making me run polls for the rest of the game you know I you know my you know my dad although he was the coach he never played like you know some you know he never played daddy ball or whatever you know it was always like I I probably had it he made me earn it more than everybody which is you know to, it was good for me now you know still a lot of hard work you want to be but you know I he definitely didn't take it easy like you know like I said, I. said, I can remember fondly running a lot of poles.
2: <laughs> so, That's awesome. yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I played uh, football, but I, w- I wasn't very good. So, basically second string. I just played one year. And uh, I remember one time my grandmother came to watch me play. And uh, she was in a wheelchair at the time. So, they rolled her up right to the front on the sidelines. And uh, she's over here going, Rusty, screaming my name, you know. And But I wasn't playing. I'm like, Grandma, I'm Right here. right here I'm not <laughs> playing I'm she's like blind as a bat so she couldn't see but she's just screaming for me the whole game and I was standing next to her like what are you doing yeah yeah that's funny that's wild man <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: can't wait to I can't wait to hopefully have kids and like take them to sporting events and like either coach them or just like embarrass them or yeah, oh, yeah. Cause well
1: Cause John knows how I coach. John is John and I have coached uh, how many co- years did we coach basketball three, together? Three Two years. Three? We coached
2: together. Yeah, three years.
1: yeah, yeah. John and I are
0: both very animated, and we were. You Bro, know I got a, I got a tech in upward as a <laughs> coach. <laughs>
1: yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, upward is like uh like church league uh for the kids. Kiddo you know, ball. Like it's... <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a good thing. Like you know, it brings a lot of uh you know people who just you know want to play sports, but it puts a like a, a a Christian spin on it. Like it, you know it. it very you know christ centered you know the i'll be right back. bible's read every bible's read every um every game and every practice like they they take you know yeah. during halftime they take time to you know spread a little gospel or whatever so it's good uh but john and i uh used to used to coach for a couple of years and like i said john and i are very both very uh uh, competitive per- people to say the least. So, um, and, but we always went to the championship. Our kids, you know, we, you know, we always, you know, winning we, is we most faithfully. regular
0: season coaches never won a championship. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep, yes, we are. You guys yeah, lose we always, in the big game. Yeah.
1: We always, yep. yeah, we always <laughs> used to figure out a way to lose, but, uh, uh, it was fun. You know, it's, it's fun. I enjoy coaching like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's good. You know, it's, it teaches you a lot about yourself, you know, even, um, even with kids, because it, it requires a lot of patience. Like, because yeah. it's one thing to do something, it's another thing to teach people how to do something. Like, you know, it's yeah. it requires a different level of understanding of what you're trying to do. Um, and so it, it it's a good challenge. I like a good <laughs> challenge, you know, and like I said, it's fun. I, I just like sports. Like, I, I, you know, and I like high energy, you know, I, you know, I felt like always, you know, a good high energy, you know, yeah. coach, at least when I was. When I was playing, I always used to, you know, instill like a little bit of a get up and go in me. Like, a, you know, like a, if he if the coach, he or she was high energy, then I always wanted to be, you know, high energy as well. So that's always well, the way I was, coach. It was you know.
0: a great experience, too, because like the first year we coached together, like we got to we had to be kind of like the harder coaches, like high energy, but like like lay into them because our kids could take it. And they responded to that. And then we tried that approach the next year and our kids just like shut down. And we yeah. had to come together and be like, all right, what, this is not working. Like, what are we doing yeah. wrong? And it was like, yeah, just, with that. Yeah. Our kids were a bunch of softies. And so we had to, had to change what we were doing. No, it's doing. not even
1: that, you know, it's just, it's, it's not even that. It's just, you know, different people respond to different, different, you know, like learning styles and coaching styles. So like, you know, like. The kids that we had didn't, you know, necessarily respond well to our higher energy, like, you know, because it's not like we were like yelling at the kids, you know, we just like, you know, like, I'm just a very animated person myself. So, like, I'm very high energy. My voice gets high. Like I said, it's not in a a mean way. It's just like, you know, like, I want you to like, I'm excited for you. Like, let's go. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like I I saw just the way I am. And, you know, like some people just don't. You know respond well to that and you know it's it's like i said it's a good challenge it's, you got to figure out your team and what's good and what's not and you know what you have and what you don't have and like different schemes and ideas and you know play styles you know work better and with whatever or not so it's just fun i enjoy it you know it's just a different challenge you know it it too it, it lets a, a washed up has been you know still still getting in the game yeah, a little right. bit you know that's right
0: yeah that's yeah. So fun <laughs> teach him teach how to how to really play <laughs> yeah yeah there you
1: yeah. go it's fun you know i enjoy it <laughs> that's awesome
2: mm-hmm. well I, hey, had so a, I had a go ahead rusty no you, you're good go ahead no
0: you go ahead awesome. I, I insist
2: i insist all right well i'll go ahead i was just gonna say uh last night we went to this little we, we've been going to this different church every uh wednesday night they have a, a great worship team and they usually have a, a pretty good message and uh i don't know what topic you guys are going to get into today but it's something i wanted to mention to you guys. Um, So it's kind of like a, it's definitely a free church. I mean, people are, like, people are dancing, people are worshiping, hands up. You know, it's really, it's really moving. That's why we go. We love it, you know. But uh, one of the things that kind of stood out to me is that the pastor had told a story. And I know that you, you two both go to a Baptist church. You grew up a Baptist. And I went to a Baptist church as a kid. And then now I go to a non-denominational church, which to me, I mean, if you love the Lord, you love the Lord. And that's awesome. That's, that's what I care about. And, but uh, one of the things the pastor had said really stuck to me. So he was telling a story uh, about crying out, just just bawling like a baby, driving down the road, just ah screaming. You know, he's like he said he had a Holy Ghost scream, and uh, mm. it was it was a pretty cool thing. And because uh, he well he originally told a story that he went outside to dump uh, the grease that he was cooking, he was cooking something, went to dump the grease in the woods, and he heard a noise. and He was like, "What's that?" And he's looking, and he heard another noise. So he's through the pan, he just took off running back to the house like a little girl, you know? And he was like, Has anyone ever done that? You know, has anyone ever uh, been less of a man? And so when he was telling the story, he said, You know, his wife's like, Where's my pan? And he's like, It's in the woods. I ain't going to get it. <laughs> and so he said, He screamed out. And he was looking into the research of a scream and what it does to you, right? And I guess it's when you scream out in fear, it actually triggers your body, right, to say, Get prepared. There's danger, right? But not only that, it's also warning other people. Hey, there's danger. Get ready. Yeah, so everyone can, becomes high alert, right? And your senses are really high. And uh, he was describing that, and, and he said it's kind of like when you have. A, he called it a Holy Ghost fit. And he said he grew up in the in the Baptist church, and he said one of the things that he never did much in the Baptist church was have Holy Ghost fits, or basically just uh, just crying out and not caring, like just not being reserved. Because he said that uh, a lot of times in the Baptist church, people are more reserved. And I wanted to ask you guys about that because I mean, when I went to a Baptist Church, I was like five or six. You know, it's been a long time. The church I go to now, I mean, it's crazy sometimes. You know, people do anything. So, yeah. How, what is your What is your thoughts on the Holy Spirit? I definitely believe in the Holy Spirit and I believe in oh, the power yeah. of God. And yeah, and I'm not as reserved as I used to be. Are you guys pretty reserved in that, or do you is it is it different? What's your thoughts on that? I think do you have a Holy me, Ghost fit.
0: My my like like obviously I believe in the Holy Ghost like I believe the Holy Spirit is is real and I believe it's part of the Trinity and I believe it it, it is fully God and I believe yeah. that it is like given to us as our helper like as 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 it talks about in um in John and then in, again in Acts yeah. um, but I I also feel like the Baptist Church is like um like so. Like they want to appear like posh and proper. Like of all the denominations, like that's kind of like what the Baptists like. But at yeah. the same time, like I don't feel like the church that Drew and I grew up in, like, was that so? Like we didn't have like you we were very casual, like very laid back. Like we hired a worship pastor one time who had a neck tattoo and gauges and like really curly yeah. hair and like he just kind of so just looked accepting like a, your church is accepting. He came back. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. yeah, he came. Yeah, he came back. Is uh, so he's back yeah. on staff? But he just kind of looked like a punk rocker. Um, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: And as far as like the whole dancing in the aisles and like the holy ghost fits and stuff like it was never discouraged it was never outright encouraged but it was one of those things like um if you if you felt like that's what you needed to do like if that's what you were called to do then nobody like came up to you afterwards and was like hey we're we're a baptist like we don't do that here but at the same time like it wasn't pentecostal like we didn't have people like speaking in tongues and rolling down the aisles Um, yeah but i definitely definitely in my time at, at the baptist church and the church i'm at now like it's it's really funny um, because it's a predominantly white church, but we've got yeah. a an African American worship pastor, and so yeah. he'll see all these he'll see all these like old white people like refusing to like even raise their hand like past their shoulder, and he'll call yeah. them out. We'll be like, come on, get excited! Like it's like God's in the room, and like just calling people out. And yeah, um, so for me, it's like yeah, the Baptist denomination has that sort of like quiet like posh and mm-hmm. proper thing, but. If you are at a church that is healthy and believes that worship is what worship is, and it isn't just like putting something on for the sake of singing songs, but worship is truly a response to who God is. Yeah. If your church Mm -hmm. is leading, then then I don't think anybody's going to come to you and be like, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have been dancing out. You shouldn't have like whatever. It's like there are definitely times when like I get my hands going, like I'll be jumping around. Doesn't matter. Yeah.
2: So So when I when I'm saying Holy Ghost fit, it's so. Dancing in the aisles and stuff, that's just being, I call that just being free in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Just, You know, just, just worshiping the Lord in your own way, which some people, their own way is not dancing. It's, you know, it yeah. might just be hands up, and and that's cool. Everyone has their own way. So when he was describing, like, kind of the Holy Ghost, it was more of like a, just you reached your breaking point. You felt like you were just surrounded, that, that uh, there was no way out, and you just, you had nothing else to do but cry out to God. And he read mm-hmm. this passage, I think it was in Second Chronicles, and it talks about, uh, there was an army of 4,000, and they were surrounded by an army of 8,000, right? So they were they were outnumbered, and they came from the front and the back. And so in that moment, they cried out to the Lord, and the Lord gave them the victory. And uh, he was describing that crying out. It's just like, God, I can't do this, right? Yeah. So when he was describing a Holy Ghost, it was basically just like, and I've done this a bunch of times. It's been at my house, and just like, ah, just crying, like, God, I need you, you know? And one of the funniest parts is he mentioned that he had done that before, and then someone rang the doorbell, and he was like, oh. You know, it's that <laughs> awkward moment where you're like, uh. And they're like, what are you doing? You're like, uh, I was just, you know, talking to God. <laughs> you know, yeah, having Holy Ghost fit. But oh, yeah. I just wanted to ask you guys about that because it really stirred something in me. I started thinking about the Holy Spirit, right? God said he puts the Holy Spirit in you and your body's a temple of God. And when I was thinking about what that means, you know, I started thinking about a lot of times in church we'll say, God, you know, I want to I want to feel your Holy Spirit. Like, bring your Holy Spirit down to me or, or things like that. And, and it's really... Not correct because the Holy Spirit's in us. Yeah. So the right thing would to say would actually be God, heighten my sensitivity yeah. to your Holy Spirit, right? Make me aware of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of times when we get into like really good worship and there's a you know just a, a moving worship band, like a band that really moves you and you're listening. To, I think your your sensitivity is just heightened, yeah. right? And I think when everyone's sensitivity is heightened all around you, that's when you feel the Holy Spirit move, right?
0: So we're actually I don't know if you guys have, with the youth that I work with at our church. I don't know. We're actually we did we started a lyric study last night, so we're taking um like worship songs and looking at like the lyrics and what whether they're pulled from scripture or pulled from biblical ideas and like comparing like what is a healthy like worship song and what is a you know a worship song that's like has faulty yeah. doctrine in it and stuff like that. Just because it's important for us to know what we're singing and know why we're singing. It. But the big thing that I started with is is you know what is worship? It's not exclusively music. It's not exclusively this. And so the definition I gave them was the definition I heard all growing up but worship is the spontaneous response to the realized presence of God. It's knowing that yeah. God is already here, but when you become aware of that, how do you immediately react? What is your, and so whether it's being stirred to that through music or being stirred to that through your circumstances or being stirred to that through prayer or devotion or reading the Bible, whatever it is, your immediate response to being made aware of God's presence in your life or the Holy Spirit, whatever that, like whichever part of the Trinity, like your initial reaction, that is your worship. So you can go to church and you can sing along to, to worship songs without worshiping because it's, your, it's a position of your heart. You can yeah. read the Bible and it not be an act of worship because it's coming from a space of obligation. But I think there's so much sweetness and freedom, like you were saying, and like being able to cry out. Like there've been so many times and like, I've just been like scared and hurt and like upset. And my initial like mm-hmm. form of worship isn't like praying like, Oh God, thank you for all these blessings. It's like, why is this happening like it's i'm aware that he's there and i'm communicating with him but it's not from a place of like adoration it's from a place of like i feel because of my own small brain right i feel like i've been deserted and i'm not counting my blessings and looking at the benefit of things uh and so like trying to explain to, to youth like there is so much weight in worship outside of just coming to church and hearing a band play and hearing somebody speak like worship is how you respond to things in your day-to-day life and like you were saying a holy ghost fit like yeah like i tell them all the time like dude the best worship i have it's not church on sunday morning it's long drives to go do programs yeah. for kids blaring worship music like praying like you know even if it's christian rap like it's whatever it's it's me in the car alone got some animals in the back like just yeah. driving down the road and i just become undignified like there's nothing nothing holding me back like unhindered like People see me driving down the road. I'm like banging on everything. Like just look like, over your
2: shoulder right now. Look look over your left shoulder. That yeah, freaks me my out. What is that? cat, Dude, <laughs> is it a cat? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was sure. I don't know with you. I was like that could be a possum. A <laughs> Who knows? What it is. Yeah. That's a why. I, dude, that's why I,
0: That's why I got up was because she was hitting this paintbrush around the floor, and I was like, uh-huh. freaking, she's she's the worst. Anybody want a free cat? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but no. Yeah. So yeah. Like I tell I tell the kids. I'm like my form of worship. Like my reaction is is you know I'm driving it's me and God like I'm aware of his presence and it doesn't have to be you know one hand on your side one hand raised like the the, the how big is my fish or the here take the bat. like it doesn't have to be any of those like cliche like worship postures it's yeah. like if how you respond is like banging your head to like some old-school skillet like cool that's great yeah God God loves it like if but if how you respond is also like sitting in a room quietly like reading the Bible by yourself and like just in peace yeah. Worship is just as valid.
2: Yeah, I got a secret weapon that I, that I've recently discovered. That if you're having a hard time getting in the Holy Spirit, I think this will do it for you. Because every time I've done this, it's just been just phenomenal for me. So anytime I we start worship, you know, I close my eyes and I, I just lift my hands and and just take a moment just to just be in His presence, right, and and not thinking about anything else. And, and what I've started doing now is. I started stopped I stopped thinking about God as kind of a transactional Jesus, right? Yes. This idea've been kind of just floating around in my head these last few days and uh, a lot of times we treat God like that's like he's going to give us something or it's all about what he can give me, right? And, and and I think it all stemmed from the very beginning when he breathed breath into us, he gave us something. And right. ever since then, that's just what we've been seeking for. Him. So every time we like pray to God, what is it usually about? Like God, you know, bless my family or keep me safe and all these things. And I, and I and he will do all those things. It's good things to pray for. But if you ever just take a moment and say, God, I don't want anything from you because you've given me everything. Yeah. you know, And you just start just talking to God in that posture from your heart. God, you've given me everything. God, you've, you've blessed me so much. You've kept me he- healthy and our family healthy. So I want to take a moment to just praise you for who you are and what you've yeah. done. And if you just sit there in that, with that mindset and just talking to the Lord in that way, I have felt the Holy Spirit so powerfully every time I've done that. It's such an amazing posture to be in for worship. Yeah. you should One of the the things that I've done started recently, and the
0: first time I ever heard it was um, from this girl that Drew and I grew up with in the same, like, homeschool group and same church and stuff. Um, But she and I served on worship teams a lot through, like, middle and high school and stuff. And the first time I ever heard her pray this, like, it stuck with me, and I've, I've adopted it recently. But, like, she'll start a prayer, and she'll go, God, thank you for who you are and for who you say we are. Yeah, and then from there, like just the position of openness with like, we know who God is, but Mm -hmm. so much we are so blessed because of what He claims us as. Like we're not, yeah, you know, as believers, we're no longer broken. Like we're no longer bound. We're no longer slaves. Like there's so many things that we are no longer. But what does He call us as? Like we are chosen. We are forgiven. We are we are made right, and in that position, like understanding that even in, in, like, going into worship, like, God, like, thank you for everything that you have done and thank you for everything that you've made me when I didn't have anything to bring to the table. Now, like, this, this worship, like, is not enough. It will never be enough, but it's the least I could do to honor you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important what you just said, You're being, I think about it like this, like, we are an heir to the throne of God, mm-hmm. right, who we are. You're talking about who we are and that's who we are. It's crazy to think about, but, like, you know, you're a prince in the kingdom of God. You're you're the son of the king. That's such a cool concept to think about because if you keep that mindset, it, it'll change the way you interact with people, you know. You get someone rude, you know, out at the grocery store, someone being rude to you, you can respond in a different way because you know who you are yeah. and you know who you represent. And and I, for me, that helps me so much to think about because a lot of times, one of the my biggest struggles, you know, is I want to do something significant. I want to do something to, to help people, to impact people, and and a lot of times I can get caught up in this, um, this kind of pride when I do something, yeah. that that people like, you know, and they'll be like, oh, you did great on that, and then I just caught get caught up in it. I'm like, oh, I got to keep doing that. I got to keep 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 going, keep going, and it and it really messes with my mind because there's something in me that just wants to, to be somebody or to be remembered or, yeah. or whatever. And I think if you just remember that you you're a child of God that you. Are somebody already yeah. that you have everything you need because of him, and and everything you do should just bring him glory. And if you do that, you're going to be rem- remembered. Maybe maybe not by everybody, maybe not all over the internet, but you'll be remembered by those those people that you impacted, you yeah. Know, that Watched your walk with Christ and was inspired, you know. And I think that's all that matters really, when we get down to it, you know. No doubt. Yeah, you know, Drew. He's quiet today.
0: Yeah, Drew. Quiet, been, Drew. We've been chilling.
1: No, I. D- I've just been uh, <clears throat> taking it all in, man. I, you, know, <clears throat> I just, uh, you know, I just, you know, I think that we sometimes get in the trap of, or at least in my mind, um, especially during worship, that we get in the trap of, like, oh, everybody around me is, you know, really getting into it and really, you know, really feeling it and really going at it, and which is awesome, like is said, how that is. But if you're not called to do that, like, if you're not, if the Holy Spirit isn't moving through you that way, you know, like... Like John said, I mean, we we all have different, you know, ways that the Holy Spirit moves us. Like if you're if you're just a really, you know, you know, uh, put down and uh, meet, uh, meekish kind of person, like maybe raising yeah. your hands up and like starting to sway is like super big for you, and that's awesome. Like you know, it, just whatever the the Holy Spirit is is calling you to do. I think that's the the big picture that we want to you know share is that like you know. You know, kind of like what we said last week, you know, the the only difference between Billy Graham and you and I is that Billy Graham didn't say no when the Spirit said go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, you know, so all, all you got to do is say yes when the Holy Spirit, but if the Holy Spirit is not calling you to do that, like, you know. I feel like sometimes we get in the yeah. trap of just, like, everybody else is doing it around me, so I must be doing it wrong if I'm not doing it, like, you know, that kind of thing, you know, which is, it's not wrong to raise your hands in worship, you know, sometimes, you know, it takes a couple times to really feel comfortable doing that, but, you know, what I'm saying, like, you know, if you're not called to, you know, go around and start doing cartwheels in the middle of the aisle, then, you know, don't just do that, because, you know, you feel yeah, like that's what... Yeah, don't just do
2: that, but do you, do you, have you ever wondered why, why do people lift their hands? Have you ever thought about that? It's because of Surrender. Yeah. Right? But you ever thought about, like, think about it in, in God's perspective, right? He's up here or in you. But imagine him up here, right, looking down on you. What does that posture look like when your hands are up? It's a kid. It's, it's like a child calling. Like yeah. a little kid, right? And so when you're a little kid, like, I think about my kids when they were little, when they were babies, and they had their hands up, like, Daddy, Daddy. And they just wanted they just wanted me. They wanted to be close to me, near me. They wanted me to hold them. right? And they lifted their hands up, and I just pick them up, and I just cradled them. So I think about that when I worship. When I put my hands up, I think about that. Just saying, God, I need you. I'm like a baby, and I can't do anything without you. I need your protection. I need your your love. I want to be close to you. And so when I put my hands up in that position. I feel like that's the surrender in my life. But it's but it's showing God, you know, you're in char- you're in charge. You're in control. I need you. You know. Right. I think a lot of yeah uh, I have I had a verse um a long time ago that I read at church, and I wish I, I wish I had it on my. My, I wish I had it in my heart so I could just read it to you from my brain, but uh, it was talking about blessing the Lord when you, with lifted hands and how it blesses the Lord, and you always think about the Lord blessing us. He does so much for us. How can we bless him? And it was like just lifting your hands is a blessing to the Lord, and it, that yeah. was powerful when I first read it. I was like, wow, and that's what really started me from, changed me from being really reserved and just kind of being like this to finally just, you know, doing yeah. the, the half hand thing, you know, to to lift, in, to lift in the hands, so it's different for everyone, like you said. Don't feel it wrong if if you, if you do it a different way than everyone else, but yeah.
1: But like Chris said, I mean, the only thing that to, to how you get better at it or how you feel comfortable doing it is to do it. Like so, you know, exposure therapy is a real thing. You know, like you know, and like you said, there, there's you know, like kind of like we talked about last week. You know, testing your spirits or you know whatever. Like you know, there's certain things that you know you you are called to do, and you might want to go read your Bible. But there are certain things that you know you can just you know, say that the, you know, it, it can only be the Holy Spirit telling you to do something. And, yeah. you know, raising your hands to the Holy, to the, to the Lord, to, to your father, to God, you know, is, yeah. is never something that the adversary is going to ask you to do, you know, like, so that's yeah. something that you can feel confident in, you know, well, that the and Lord here's is the thing, asking you to do. Here's
0: the thing too, like, if you're, if you're sitting in worship and you're feeling like societal pressures to raise your hand or like participate in worship actively in that manner. Then, like you'll do it and you won't understand like you may like understand like the, why people do it but in your in your heart like there will be no change from like standing there worshiping like this or with your arms at your side to, like worshiping with your hands up but the moment that like you feel like that is your true response what the holy spirit is calling of you in that moment like the freedom and the the i guess joy just that you feel like in being able to worship a god that's that that significant and that powerful and has done that much like that is when I really started to grasp worship was when like I put myself in a position and it wasn't because I felt pressured to. It was because I was like, this is, this is what worship is. How do I partake? And then when I did, it was like, this is why people do this. This is, this is the significance.
2: Yeah. And here's the verse. Here's one of the verses. So Psalm 134 says, behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth, bless you, Zion. So when I read that, I was like, wow, that's that's a way to bless the Lord, to give something to him that he, after he's given me so much. And that's what really moved me to start feeling like I should, you know, just try to lift my hands, break out of my comfort zone. And when I did that, it was just such a powerful worship experience the first time I did that. And it really changed yeah. things for me, you know. It really allowed me to be more free in my worship,
1: yeah. which yeah, I think 100%. is
2: important. you know. Yeah, shoot really
1: ya. Yeah, shoot it, ya. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we're running out of time here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, we just want to thank you for listening to another uh, episode of the 1024 podcast. Uh, fellas, we got any uh, closing thoughts before we go today?
0: I'll leave you with something. This is, this yeah, is something a I time. heard in a, in a podcast that I was listening to um, the other day. Um, but it was the question they were asking was how do you know like, what the bible says is true how do you know like that, that if someone quotes something to you like it's actually from the bible and the guy compared it he was like the people that work at the US treasury right like when they when they're assigned with counter like being a counterfeit inspector it was like they don't go out and find all the counterfeits in the world and inspect them and know them they spend so much time with real authentic money that anything that's not that feels different they don't know why, they don't have to know why, they just know it is. Their their gut tells them it's different. Um, and so his, his point was, spend so much time in the Word. Spend so much time with the real thing that anytime something doesn't feel right, anytime something doesn't line up with what you know, it's just, it's just what it is. You don't need to know all the false that's out there because you'll never grasp all the false that's out there. Cling to the truth, oh, wow. cling to what's real, and you, you, you will f- watch the false fade away. And i was like, dang, that's yeah. good.
1: Yep. one hundred percent. That's that's what we've been saying this whole podcast, you know, like um, th- this idea that, you know, the only difference between like uh, somebody who's been classically studying in seminar and has a, a doctorate degree between you and I is that they spent time in the word. They've studied the word like that's that's the reason they they're so smart in it, because they've they spent it, they studied it, they know it like the back of their hand, you know, and that's what we're called to do. You know, you don't need a doctorate degree to to know, you know, right or wrong between. You know the word. You just need to be in the word every day. Like that's what we're called to do. You gotta get in it because that's you know you gotta hide the word in your heart. You know that's that's the only reason that you know that's the like like we've been saying it's Your only offensive weapon. That's the only offensive weapon you have. So use it. You know. So use it's it.
2: Your sword. Yeah, For sure. It helps yeah. you. Going off of what John said, it really helps you distinguish what is of God and what is not. So when people start talking to you and they're trying to describe. They say, oh, yeah, this is in the Bible, and they're trying to describe God in a way that you're like, wait wait a minute, that doesn't line up with who I know God is. It'd be almost like if someone came to us and said, yeah, I know Drew's got blonde hair, uh, clean six shaven, 6'5", <laughs> clean yeah. shaven, uh, hates sugar. Yeah. I mean, if they started yeah. saying that, we'd be like, what? That's not yeah. that's not Drew Gaddis. That's not the Gaddis we know. Yeah. We, we would yeah. know that that's a false Drew, false but Gattis. we'd have to spend time with Drew in order to know that. If we hadn't spent time with Drew in years, we wouldn't know if he shaved his mustache off, dyed his hair blonde, and, and all of a sudden became a vegan. We wouldn't know that. <laughs> so you got to be in your word to, in order yeah. to recognize yeah. these things, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. my closing thoughts. Yeah. See we you love job. you guys. We'll see you all later. Have a good one. Yeah. See, ya. see ya. Yep. See you.